Chapter 12 of The Radio Boys on the Mexican Border by Gerald Breckenridge. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 12 Jack Discovers a Traitor. Two figures stood at the door of the radio station powerhouse. The station was a duplicate of Mr. Hampton's other station on his Long Island estate, earlier described. So engrossed were the two men in whispered conversation that they were unaware of Jack's noiseless approach. The soft, sibilant sound of whispering which came to his ears just as he was about to approach the door roused Jack from his reflections. His suspicions were on the alert because of the happenings of recent days, and he halted, certain after standing a moment with every nerve tensed that he had not been seen jack backed cautiously until again around the corner of the building who were the two men what were they whispering about pressing against the side of the building jack thought quickly one of the two must be a night watchman perhaps the other was the man who kept guard at the station by day if he were thought jack then perhaps some new danger menaced and the night man had called the day man to help him this theory also would account for the fact that they were whispering instead of conversing in normal tones so probable did this supposition seem to jack that he decided to join the men and ask what the danger was caution however prompted him to reconnoitre by peeping around the corner before stepping into the open the next moment he was thankful he had done so for as he looked one of the two struck a match and held it in cupped hands to a cigarette and jack saw the man was remedios drawing his head back quickly jack leaned against the building trying to compose his thoughts what was remedios doing here not many hours before he had foiled the plan of the traitorous mexican chauffeur to deliver him and his friends to the enemy was tom the ex-cowboy on guard at the radio plant a traitor jack could not believe it footsteps were approaching from around the corner jack looked around wildly there was no shelter near enough to which to flee he whipped out his automatic flung himself down alongside the wall and waited two men appeared but instead of rounding the corner they moved straight ahead they were in earnest but low-voiced conversation and they did not see him jack stifled an exclamation the man with remedios was rollins his father's trusted assistant so stunned was jack at the revelation that he did not strain to overhear what they were saying in a moment they were beyond earshot trembling with rage at this evidence of treachery on the part of rollins jack rose to his feet he intended to stalk the two conspirators then a new idea occurred to him what were they doing at the radio plant perhaps for reasons of their own they had damaged it or put it out of commission he decided to investigate rollins and remedios were now out of sight toward the front of the ranch house perhaps rollins would have the audacity to take the other into his room which opened like the other rooms directly upon the porch or gallery if so jack could surprise them later first he would investigate at the radio plant walking swiftly he approached the door of the powerhouse an electric light shone within the guard tom jumped up from a chair where he had been sitting reading at the sound of jack's hurried footsteps his hand reached for the ready revolver at his side but was withdrawn at the sight of his visitor oh it's you jack he said addressing him familiarly for a warm friendship had sprung up between the two i thought it might be a greaser tom said jack without any preliminaries and showing his excitement in his voice and manner what was mr rollins doing here who was that with him well enough jack knew who the stranger was but good friend though tom was jack wanted to test him the circumstances certainly were suspicious i didn't see the other feller 
Tom answered. He stayed outside. Mr. Rollins said he was an oil driller. Mr. Rollins went into the station there. Tom motioned to the radio operating room beyond a closed door. Asked me to throw on the juice so he could use the telephone. Whom did he talk to? Why, I don't know, said Tom. How would I? How long was he in there? Why, fifteen, twenty minutes, maybe half an hour. Why, Jack, anything wrong? Yes, Tom, there is, said Jack. Can I trust you? Tom looked hurt. That's for you to say. Excuse me, Tom, said Jack, but after what I've just seen, I don't know whom to trust. Yes, I believe you're true blue, Tom. I'll tell you. But wait a minute. He walked to the door and looked out. The coast was clear. Tom, he said, returning, I'm going to take you into my confidence. Listen. In as few words as possible, he related their adventures that day and the part played by Remedios. Then he added that in Mr. Rollins' companion, he had recognized the Mexican chauffeur. What do you make of it? he asked. Treachery, said Tom emphatically. But who'd have thought it of Mr. Rollins? They looked at each other puzzled. I wish I knew whom he spoke to by radio and what he said, declared Jack. Wished I'd have listened, mourned Tom. Both stood silent. Suddenly, the still night was shattered by a series of racketing explosions. Jack sprang for the door. Remedios is fliver, he cried to his companion. There isn't another car in the world can cough like that. By the time he had emerged from the radio station, the car could be heard shooting away down the desert trail toward Ransom. Too late, said Jack disgustedly. He's gone. I should have surprised them together. He thought a moment and then turned to the other. Listen, Tom, said he. Not a word about all this. I think I'll not let Rollins know that I suspect him, but we'll talk this over first with my friends, and if he comes here to the radio again, listen to him and report to me what he says. All right, said the big ex-cowboy. Then, as a new idea occurred to him, he asked, But how about telling my sidepar Dave? He's on duty days. He ought to know, too. I don't know Dave as well as I do you, said Jack. Certainly he ought to be informed so that he can be on the watch, too. Can he be trusted? You can count on Dave, said Tom. We've been partners for years now. That bow-legged son of Satan and me been through lots of ruckuses in our time. If there's any shooting to be done, count us in. You know how I can shoot. I ought to know, said Jack. You taught me. Well, then, I'll let Dave in on the secret. All right, said Jack, moving away toward the house. Good night. He started for the ranch house, but again came back. Rollins mustn't know I was down here, he said. He won't know from me, Tom assured him. When Jack reached the house, he found Mr. Temple, Bob, and Jack on the front porch in their nightclothes. Rollins was there and had introduced himself. All four were discussing the disappearance of the fliver. You know how I sleep, said Bob, but it made so much noise it waked even me. Where have you been, Jack? asked Frank. Why, you haven't undressed. I thought you turned in when I did. But I was so sleepy I never even noticed when I tumbled out of bed that you weren't there. Jack felt Mr. Rollins' eyes on him. It made him uncomfortable. Oh, I couldn't sleep, he said. So I came out for a turn in the night air before going to bed. Where were you walking? asked Mr. Rollins quickly. Jack found lying distasteful, but decided it would not do in this case to tell the whole truth. Fortunately, on leaving the radio station, he had swung about in a circle so as to approach the house from an almost opposite direction. Over there, said Jack, indicating the direction from which he had come. There's a little rise some distance beyond there, but in this feeble moonlight you can't see much, so I came back, and then I heard the fliver. Do you think that fellow Remedios came here himself and drove it off? asked Frank. He certainly had his nerve if it was he, said Bob. 
Jack noticed that while Rollins was watching him keenly, Mr. Temple, who had not taken part in the conversation, was studying Rollins. Oh, it must have been Remedios, Jack said boldly. Did anyone get close enough to see him? Who came out first? Did you notice, Mr. Rollins? You must have just arrived. I see you're still dressed. Yes, I put my horse up in the corral, said Rollins calmly, and was walking over here to the house when I heard the car. I came around to see who was calling at this late hour, but all I could see was the disappearing car. Of course, I knew nothing of your day's adventures until your friends came out and we introduced ourselves and explanations followed. End of chapter 12